Welcome to Film Schools, what we learn when cinema goes to school, a special Test Scotland podcast series for the summer. In each episode, we speak to a teacher about a film or a series of films that memorably features a school. We look at what gets right about school and what gets wrong about school, and also if there might even be some ideas real-life teachers can apply in their own classrooms. I'm Test Scotland editor Henry Hepburn, and my guest today is Kerry Fraser, a teacher of English who works in Scotland, and who was also 2021 Scots Language Teacher of the Year. Kerry, we'll be talking about the 1995 film Mr. Holland's Opus, starring Richard Dreyfus, who was Oscar nominated for his role. Could you tell us, first of all, what's it about? So the premise of the film is it starts in the 60s and then it moves through the decades until when the film was released in 1995. And um, Glenn Holland is this aspiring composer, musician um, that needs some money. So he takes the high school music teacher job, uh, but he ends up never leaving. Now, he goes into the job thinking that it's just another easy gig that he'll do for a few years. But quickly he realises that teaching isn't a nine to three job and he does eventually realise that it is the job for him um, and something he is good at and enjoys. And how would you describe the school that he's working in? It's, 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 it's a fictional school. It's, uh, it's, I think it changed the name in the course of the film, but ultimately it's called John F. Kennedy High School in, and it's in Portland, Oregon. How would you describe it? So it would be one of those stereotypical American schools where, you know, that you see in the films with the yellow buses driving up to it. You've got the um, the school cliques with the, you know, the football players and the, the band geeks. And um, you also have the fact that at the beginning of the film, it isn't called John F. Kennedy. That's, um, it, it's got another president's name and they're taking the, the name down and, and adding that up. So maybe like the constant change in the politics of America um, is alluded to right at the beginning. But there's technically two schools in this um, film because you also have, there's a deaf school because his son in the film is deaf. And um, it's seen as a really progressive school for the time because they're teaching sign language um, and have really high aspirations for all their, their deaf students. Mr. Holland? If he couldn't hear, how would he even know what the notes were? Like, if he never heard a C, how do you know that's what he wanted played? Well, Beethoven wasn't born deaf. And we should say it's, uh, it starts, it's a film that starts in the, the mid-60s and charts uh, Mr. Holland's career over the course of about 30 years, right through to the mid-90s. In a nutshell, why, why does this film matter to you? Why did it leave such an impression on you? There's two reasons. So personally, the film is one of those films that was always on on a Saturday afternoon. And I would sit and watch with my mum and we would um, cry because there's plenty of weeping moments in the film. Um, but professionally re-watching the film, this film is about impact. It's about um, Mr. Holland and the relationships he has with the students. And the thing with Mr. Holland is he doesn't realise the effect he has on the students. And I think that the same can be said today. We don't know the impact we have on students. We really hope that it's going to be positive. Um, we don't know whether that smile on the corridor, that book that we um, we gave to a child is, is going to spur something on in them. Um, and I personally have really happy memories from school. 
and I still keep in touch with some of my school teachers. And I suppose it's that, it's that impact um, that he doesn't realise that he has um, until the very end where he um, is shown that um, he has been so important to so many children, adults and the community at large. Mr Holland had a profound influence on my life, on a lot of lives I know. And yet I get the feeling that he considers a great part of his own life misspent. Yes, yeah, like you say, you, you, teaching is obviously a career that can have a huge impact on young lives, but sometimes that impact will be most keenly felt decades after someone's actually left school and the teacher will, never, will, will not even be aware of that. So do you think this is a film that particularly will resonate with teachers because it sort of shows that shows so well the, the, the impact that, uh, that teaching can have on, on people? all through their lives. Definitely. I would say it's, it's a feel-good film. Like, you know, you, you watch this film because you need a pick-me-up. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, there's parts of the film that are, um, you know, cringeworthy and um, things that are, are, are things that, you know, are, get it wrong. But um, it, it is a film that you watch and you, you realise, okay, maybe if what I do every day, the, the, just turning up, the turning up and saying hello and um, is enough. And I think um, that's where teachers can really enjoy this film is because it realises that even really small, insignificant details to you are actually have such a positive impact on students for maybe the rest of their lives. What do you like best about yourself? My hair. Why? Um, my father always says that it reminds him of a sunset. Play the sunset. And for you as a teacher yourself, what, what does it get right about teaching? So it gets right things like the really fun side of teaching. Um, it, it's got like sheer joy when um, children understand a concept for the first time. Um, the sense of community that you see. So... Um, there's quite a lot of aspects of the film where um, he has a really good friendship with the, the gym teacher and he actually teaches them quite a lot. And it, it shows like the, the sense of community that schools have and the collaboration because like, you know, a school is more than just and is more than just your classroom and you as a person. And it is that, you know, whole school community spirit. Um, and they have to help each other out. So when the school play is being threatened with not being able to go ahead. The gym teacher says, oh, well, I'll just get all my football players in to do some ballet dancing and it'll rake in the money. So it is that, you know, like every day in a school, another teacher will help another teacher in that way. It is that, it's that coming together. Um, and But it does also show some of the negative sides of teaching because although it is a good, a feel-good film, um, it doesn't kind of shy away from the more like difficult bits of teaching. So the um, maybe like the impact it has on your own family um, the resentment your children can have about um, you spending more time with other people's children with the, uh, you know, like the extracurricular clubs and um, other things that you give up your time for to do for free that benefit the pupils and are really, really important. But it is a work-life balance and it does mean that you're taking time away from your own children, your own family. Mm -hmm. um, it takes note of things like the late night marking. Um, and then there's a really sad bit where he misses his son's school events because he's, you know, he's working an orchestra, so he can't go to something his son 
um, is taken part in. Um, I'm really lucky that I work in a school where that hasn't happened. Like I'm able to go and see my daughter start P1 or I've been to the nativity. But like, you know, the, the state of cover needed in schools at the minute does, will mean that some people are not allowed out to do things. Um, and I know schools will try their best, but it is one of the negative aspects um, that you can be seen in the film as well. I wonder if I could ask you as well about a scene near the start where he's, he's just started on this teaching career. And he goes in naively thinking that, uh, you know, I've got all these strategies for engaging pupils. And there's a point at which he just looks around the classroom and it's not worked at all. There's just complete silence, no response from the pupils. Is that something that all teachers go through at some point, maybe more towards the start of their careers? And, and how do you deal with that when, when that happens? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, you, you tend to go into teaching thinking it will be the same as when you were at school, which is hopefully a really positive experience. Um, but you can be met with that like wall of silence. But there's loads of things that you can do. Um, you have um, cold calling or no hands up, depending on what school of thought you need. So like the AIFL strategies where um, you name a student and ask them um, to give their answer. We've got things like whiteboards. Um, most classrooms have them and you could ask students to to write down um, their answer and that way they can't really get out of not sharing their answer kind of stops that wall of silence. Um, you could do think, pair, share. You could ask them to turn to their partner and um, come up with an answer which will help them feel more confident and then share with the rest of the class. Um, now, if he was in modern times, because obviously, as we said, the film does span decades, um, you've got quite good digital learning tools. You've got things like Mentimeter, but he could have used Kahoot um, or there's a new one on the scene called Blukit. Oh, I've not heard of that one. So Blukit's really fun because it's like Kahoot. They're answering quizzes, but after they've answered the questions, they then play a game. So there's like a game element to it. So that I have found is particularly engaging for young people because um, it's a bit more like a mobile phone game um, and there, there's that. But yeah, so there, there's loads of techniques that teachers can use in their classroom to try and raise engagement. And it's definitely something he tries to do in the film as well by kind of to, trying to match their interests. Uh, welcome to Music Appreciation. This is a class in which we will be studying the, the history of music. Um, who would like to give me a definition of what music is? Any music, what do you think? Music, what do they think that music is in, in general? What do they think? Anybody? Nobody? And he also, he gets a pep talk at one point from uh, the head teacher played by Olympia Dukakis who tells him, look, it's not just about filling um, young minds with knowledge. That's part of your job, but it's also giving young minds uh, a compass. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. Um, but I mean, that that would sit perfectly well with approaches to education and in, in, in school in, in 2022, wouldn't it? Oh, definitely. And on one hand, that's really scary that we, you know, we're still talking and doing things in exactly the same way. But it is about, you know, instilling that belief in children and um, getting them to find their passions um, getting them to um, see their self-worth and all of those like life skills set them up for whatever their path is going to be. Why are you crying? I'm terrible. I'm, I'm terrible, Mr. Owen. I just, I practiced to my lips a lot. Ms. I just, Lang, I don't, or I make this noise. It takes a lot of work I, to learn a musical instrument. I just, I just want to be good at something. 
And just as an aside, um, something that felt strangely topical was there's a scene where the, I think it's the, the deputy head teacher at the time who goes on to become the head teacher. Um, he, he stops a couple of girls in the corridor and tells them to kneel, uh, kneel down because he wants to check their skirt lengths. And if, the, if when they kneel, their skirts aren't touching the floor, then they have to be sent home. And that obviously felt, watching it, you know, thinking that felt very much of its time and how retrograde is that? But it's actually been something that's been in the news recently. So some things that, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you want to say anything on that, but uh, something that felt very much, well, that's, that's something that doesn't happen anymore, actually. <laughs> in some ways, it still is happening. I would, yeah, I, I mean, that's nothing I've ever seen in my school, but I think uniform is still a hot topic in schools. Um, the, you know, most schools in Scotland have a uniform of sort and expectations and young people are young people and um, they, you know, they, they try and wiggle outside the box. It's part of being a teenager, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, express yourself in your own way. Um, but yeah, no, I do think it's important that we're, we're not checking girls' skirt length. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, what, what, does, what does the film get wrong about teaching, would you say? Uh, so there, there are a couple of things. So like he has quite some unconventional methods in um, his, his teaching. So he, um, there's one scene where he has um, a football player. Um, he's trying to get them to learn rhythm. So he, the football player has the helmet on his head and then he's hitting it with a beater. <laughs> and I was like, that, I know, I can't imagine my, the music department in my school giving that a go. And he's grabbing his hands and he's grabbing his feet. And, and I thought, no, that, that's not, you know, we're, we're, we, we don't um, put our hands on the children in any way at school. Stop. Mr. Russ. Congratulations, you found the beat. Um, now, other things that I noticed is there was um, a scene where the head teacher basically says she's going to retire. And um, that's the first time anyone's heard of it. It just <laughs> happens to be the last day. And I thought, no, come on. That's like the, the, the most exciting thing to happen to a school when there's a big change like that. And everybody wants to know exactly what's going on. and. Um, who's going to come in um, and I suppose the biggest uh, thing it gets wrong about teaching is that um, they obviously haven't paid any of the children as extras to speak mm-hmm. so they've got lots of silent robots <laughs> in the classrooms um, and he has no behavioural issues at all ever um, apart from um, the apathy from the young people uh-huh. who aren't very engaged um, everybody is very well behaved and sits in their seat and um, does as they're told and has a snooze. <laughs> and uh, what also struck me is that sarcasm and humiliation is sometimes used to motivate people successfully. I mean, that just wouldn't fly, certainly not these days, would it? Oh, definitely not. And um, yeah, there is a moment where there is a big test and he's shaming the pupils and he's pointing at them and he's shouting out their name and, and calling them things. And um, that is just not something that I would say would be happening mm-hmm. in schools because... It's um, it's not the way to build relationships and um, earn the trust. You seem to be having a little trouble getting through the break. I know. How long have you been playing? Three years. Really? Uh, <laughs> and do you find that you get all the practice time that you need? I practice constantly, yeah. Well, 
And another thing that sort of jarred with me, you tell me if I'm wrong with this, but uh, he uh, he connects with the, his pupils at one point by talking about the music that they like. It's the, it's the 60s, obviously. So he's like, look at me, I'm, you know, I'm down with the kids. I'm into rock and roll too. And they, they lap it up. I'm just wondering if you were to go into class and start uh, showing your credentials for, uh, in terms of liking the same music as all your pupils like, would that, <laughs> would that work or would, that, would they just roll their, roll, their, roll their eyes at you? Yeah, it would be definitely um, eyes rolling and... <sighs> noises um made yeah but I sometimes find that that's quite good for building relationships and letting them see you're a bit human because um you know pupils definitely think that we um shut down at the end of the night and reboot in the morning um and being able to kind of say to them oh yeah but I listened to that too and it just gives you that little bit of distance too and they can yeah but being down down with the kids is um never a a good idea because they just um they think you're on cool no matter how old you are <laughs> and there's another trope in there that, is, that seems to be in pretty much every film ever set in a school um which i actually talked about in another episode of the podcast as well because it came up in another film uh, that, that we watched um is that every teacher in film land is a terrible planner and they'll be halfway through a, a really interesting lesson when the bell goes and they look surprised and the, the, the kids all file out. I mean, surely that doesn't happen in real life. Surely, you, you know, you've got your plan and you, you stick to it and uh, you're fully aware when the bell's about to go. Oh, of course you are. If not, the pupils are. They've already <laughs> started putting that pencils back in their pencil case and shuffling their bags. Um, yeah, no, you, you have to be aware because like, you know, a school runs like a tight ship. People have to be places um, and it's important, you know, that lessons are organised in a way most teachers would be using some kind of plenary at the end um, to kind of um, cement the knowledge or some kind of um, exit strategy um, to just help the help the learning. Um, so, yeah, I can't imagine there'd be too many teachers hearing the bell and being being surprised. Another thing that bugs me, I don't know if it annoys you, but uh, teaching films, almost always, it's it's a fallback and it seems that, you know, I, you know, I wanted to do this grand thing with my life, but I had to go into teaching. And uh, certainly that's the case with Mr. Holland. Obviously, ultimately, he gets a huge amount of, out of his career, but he goes into it seen as a fallback and thinking that it might uh, allow him some time for composing his his uh, his symphony that he's he's got in his head. Your first day as a teacher, Mr. Holland. Excited? <sighs> Nervous. Boy, I never thought I'd be here. No? Why not? Well, you know, like most people, I only got my teaching certificate so I'd have something to fall back on, and now I have. This isn't a drive-in, Mr. Claridge. Hands off. You know, Mr. Holland, I don't think of teaching as a fall-back position. No, no, I didn't And I grow that. nervous around people who do. I'm, I'm really very happy to be here. Really. Good. Um, does that bug you as well that, you know, Teaching's not portrayed as this great, honourable, noble profession. It's this uh, fallback thing. Uh, I would say so. Like, you know, I'm, um, I'm a person who went to school, went to university and then went straight into school. Um, and I know that some people say that, that, you know, you need a bit of life experience. But, you know, I had such positive experiences at school that um, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to aspire, you know, inspire new pupils. And I wanted, you know, I have a love of learning. Um, and... Teachers do get get a raw deal when, um, especially in the media, where they are saying, you know, oh, well, you know, anybody can do it. And there is the the conversation about is it a vocation or is it just a job? And I know there's two different um, schools. Now, I'm of the opinion that it is a vocation. Um, you know, teaching is, is and can be a lifestyle. Um, and it's very hard to switch off from 
Um, but it does go back to that idea of like the impact. And if you're doing any kind of job where you're working with people, um, it's it's the impact that you may have that you don't know about. And and I think that's what um is so special about teaching is it does have that um, you know, you can have that impact and and never know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not a job that you can just turn up and do and then and forget about. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, is there is there is there one particularly great teaching tip that you could draw from watching Mr. Holland's opus? You know, say you've got a, a room full of uh, newly qualified teachers that are just feeling their way into the profession. Is there a scene that you'd point to say, we watch this, you can really take something from, from that scene? I suppose with this film, it's all about him kind of like learning and um, kind of growing as a person, which is is about life. But the, the biggest takeaway I have from this is the, the idea of relationships and the relationships that he forms with these pupils um, and how he does that is he leaves his ego at the door. And that is the, the tip I, I say to people anyway, is when working with young people, you do, you have to leave your ego at the door. You are not um, the sole entity in that room. You, you have a lot of knowledge. You are important. You know, you are the person who is in charge. But um, it, a classroom is a bit of a collaboration. You know, everybody has to be involved in order to get to that end goal. And so by him leaving his ego at the door and realising, but, you know, of course they're not going to like um, talk about what I'm doing. Or, you know, they don't care about Beethoven. They don't care about Bach. Um, but when he kind of realizes that and then is reflective, because being reflective as a teacher is so important, that is how he gets the children engaged. Um, because he then starts to do things, um, you know, where he is playing music that they recognize and saying, oh, you know, what is this tune? And they say that this pop song. And he says, no, it's actually Bach. And, um, and it is, it's just he realises um, it's not, I can't just stand here and talk at children. I need a way in. Um, I need to kind of give them some ownership over what they're doing. Um, and, and it is, it's leaving your ego at the door. That would be my, my top tip to help relationships. And uh, another question that we always ask is, what CPD do the staff in this school need? And maybe Mr. Holland in particular, what, what would you say? Um, well, his one would definitely be safeguarded. He did not listen in the child, you know, the yearly child protection, <laughs> um, you know, seminar that you have to complete because um, there there is a moment in the film where there is a pupil, it's about the 80s, early 90s, and the pupil clearly has a, um, a crush on Mr. Holland. And instead of reporting it, instead of um, making sure there's another adult in the room while this pupil is there, um, he, he, he just like continues on as normal and um, it does get a bit tinge worthy. And um, I, I think it's there to kind of give more depth to Mr. Holland, but it is my least favourite part of the film because it is just so awkward. Um, because it doesn't really match with kind of the rest of the personality that he has in the film. This isn't the way I imagined it. But it's the best way. Now, I, I should say that I think actually one of the strengths of the film generally is that he is not a saint-like figure. He is quite prickly and he, you know, he shames the pupils as we said earlier sometimes and it is quite a rounded view of of him as a character but like you say there's there's that 
And it's a film made in 1995, and I just don't think that scene would make the cut now. But there's the, the pupil you mentioned, she leaves and she wants to pursue this dream of a music career in New York. So she gets this late night bus after her last concert at the school, and Mr. Holland appears, and he's got his, his tie, his bow tie is untied, and he strides across, and then the and you know the dynamics of the scene, the power is clearly with him, and he gives her this lingering kiss, um, and it's meant to be clearly intended as the sort of tender and heart-rending scene, but actually comes across quite creepy. And I think, uh, yeah, the film would be better off without that subplot. It's obviously a fictional school, but uh, had you had the opportunity um, to work in a school like this, is it somewhere you, you could see yourself working? Could you see yourself fitting in there? Would you want to work there? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> oh, this is not the school for me. And, um, and it's because the reason why Mr. Holland has to end his teaching career it's not through choice. It is through budget cuts. And the fact that the, um, the head teacher has decided that they are removing art, music and drama. I care about these kids just as much as you do. And if I'm forced to choose between Mozart and reading and writing and long division, I choose long division. Well, I guess you can cut the arts as much as you want, Jean. Sooner or later, these kids weren't going to have anything to read or write about. And it's an absolute travesty. Um, these subjects are so important uh, for, for pupils and, and them allowing to be creative and, um, and be themselves. There's so many safe spaces. When I was at school, that's where you'd have found me. You found me in the music and drama department. And so any school that doesn't value the, the creative arts in any way is just not a school, in my opinion. If we're making rounded pupils, you need to have a bit of everything. Um, and the arts are so important. And yeah, just not for me. <laughs> well, thanks very much, Kerry. It's been great chatting about it. I mean, it's, to me, what's, uh, what's great about it, there's so many films set in schools that are not actually about teaching. Teachers are peripheral figures. They're distant. They're aloof. And it's more about the pupils. This is actually a film genuinely about teaching and uh, it raises so many interesting questions about teaching and it's just a, a genuinely entertaining film. So if you've not seen it, uh, go and uh, go and seek it out. So thanks again, Kerry. Really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you. Today's episode of the Tez Scotland podcast was written and hosted by Henry Hepburn. If you enjoyed the episode, there's more Tez coverage available on our website. And for a limited time only, you can get three months access to our new digital magazine for just £3. That will get you anytime, anywhere access to read all of the latest education news, research and analysis. As much as you want, all in one place. Head over to tez.com forward slash store forward slash tez dash discount to get yours.